Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Wednesday, April 26, 2023. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios right here on Long Island. Special edition show, playoff edition, mid-series reaction show. We're heading to game six. It is three to two between the New York Islanders and the Carolina Hurricanes. So Chris Bott and I are getting together to put a little show together, reaction show, get you ready for game six on Friday. Ethan Sears of the New York Post will be joining us. A lot of fun in store. Christopher Botta, how are you? I'm doing great. The Islanders are still alive somehow, some way. They got it done, and uh, it's just gra- glad to be talking hockey again with you. Absolutely, absolutely. So before we dive in, as always, want to thank our wonderful sponsors, starting with Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Check out their flagship location at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Also proud to be sponsored by Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. And very happy to be sponsored by Main Street Board Game Cafe, located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. So yes, Chris, life was on the line there for the New York Islanders. Uh, backs against the wall, down 3-1, to one, going into a rowdy, ruckus-filled Carolina Hurricanes PNC Bank Arena. And uh, they pull it out. They pull out a scrappy win, send the series to Game 6. We're going to see another huge playoff hockey game at UBS Arena. I'm sure the fans will be ravenous that night. Uh, What do you got to say about it? I mean, the toughest game to win is always the fourth. Everybody knows that. And Carolina played well. Rod Brindabor is right, talking about how like there isn't much that he would change about this game. The Islanders kind of had a classic road game. Yes, they got some breaks along the way. I think we have to say now things have evened up a little bit, whether it comes sure. to calls, pucks off yes. faces, things like that. The way the Islanders were going to win this series were was behind uh, the goaltending, and that's exactly what happened the other night. So they're in, you know, they got by. They did everything that they had to do to just get it to that game six. And now I think things will get a lot tougher for them, but it is time to certainly celebrate that they stayed alive against some odds. I think a lot of people thought you right. know, left them for dead, and that's a great sign that the team was resilient. So I got a, a bit of a str- maybe a strange, weirdish question for you. Right. It's a three-two series, right? And when a series is tied two to two, it's got to end up three-two after five, some some way, somehow, right? One team's going to win that game. Last I check, yes. right? But in this particular circumstance, it comes from a three-to-one series right as opposed to a two to two so is that you know does it matter that no. the Islanders, that's what i'm saying <laughs> like mean, is there any momentum right like no. <laughs> because every you know because look everybody looks at the three to one oh man the series is over i mean this is a tall order which of course it is because you got to win three in a row but at the end of the day if you come out of a two to two or three to one it's still three to two at the end of the day so i mean the, you know and maybe the islanders are maybe riding a little bit of that momentum now come out of this win what do you think no, <laughs> I, fair and, enough. And you know, after they, uh, when we did our last show on Sunday, I was a little critical and I expressed some concern about how I thought the Islanders might have overreacted to their one win at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you know, the, the, the way it ended, the, the the Canes were humiliated, 
And but I also thought there was a little bit too much jubilation even on the team. And that's listen, that's psychological bullcrap that I know I get into. I also (laughs) read into the media stuff because I was there. Doesn't mean I'm right. Sometimes maybe, but sometimes I'm very, very wrong. In this case, I will say the Islanders handled last night perfectly. There was definitely this attitude that it was not this great celebration. I think as fans, as observers, uh, we could celebrate. It's just great also to have one more game. Yes. And perhaps more than that. Right. But I thought they handled it absolutely appropriately. I thought they weren't kidding themselves. I think they know deep down, this is a coach and by the way, Barry did this too, who would talk about scoring chances and things like that. I don't think it would look that good. Like, I mean, the Islanders, the scoring chances were not equal. I thought Carolina had the puck way too much for most of the mm. game, especially in the final minutes. Thanks to Scott Mayfield uh, for, for <laughs> holding that off for a couple of minutes. Sure. So as for no for momentum, no. The NHL playoffs do not make any kind of sense anymore. I think they actually (laughs) did in the 80s, 90s, maybe the early aughts, Mm -hmm. but home ice doesn't mean anything. We continue to see that today. We've seen it for the last couple of days. Yeah, what a number, huh? Was that 16 straight road wins, I think it was, throughout the playoffs? Well, what's amazing is that all 16 teams in the playoffs in the first round have won at least one road game. Right, right. I know we're proud of our Islander fans and how loud it was at the Coliseum and how loud it was at UBS and will be again on Friday. But Winnipeg is loud too, and they've lost their last six in Winnipeg with all right. that whiteout and everything right, right. and the mayhem. Carolina is loud. They've lost, in some cases, choked up some games. So this this last game is hard. I would even go so far as to say that I think the harder game for the Islanders will be Friday at home. I think if they get into Hmm. a game seven, it's even more and more pressure ratcheted up on Carolina. I know it sounds funny, Sean, because Carolina, you know, has been a very successful regular season team, but the Islanders are not far removed from back-to-back conference championships. The Islanders are the underdog in this series, and then they get down 3-1, and they're really the underdog. So all the pressure is absolutely on Carolina, and, you know, we'll see what happens if they're lucky enough, if the Islanders are fortunate enough to get to a Game 7. But I would, I have some reason to be concerned about the home game, oh, partially because we're seeing home teams are folding a little bit yeah. when they've needed to win over these last two weeks. No, that's true. And, and you said uh, a little earlier just about, you know, the, the game last night, how they handled it the right way. But it didn't start that way. The no, first I, ten I, minutes. I mean, I mean, how they handled it when it was over. I mean, just their approach, gotcha. there, the way they, you know, the quotes, the the, mm. the, the, the uh, tempered celebration. That's all I'm. Mean. Fair enough. But onto the ice. Oh yeah. The I, first. I imagine everybody's hearts were in there. First ten minutes was the exact opposite <laughs> of the way I had hoped it was going to go. I had actually sent a tweet like, "Let's see what kind of mindset this team is in. If they're if they look like they're ready to take care of business, it should be a good game for them. But if they look like they're chasing, running around with the like." chickens with their heads cut off it's going to be a long night and it was like that for the but first that's 10 minutes what carolina does all the time yeah. so when we talked about them you know my wish for them was to hold them off for the first 15 minutes they they, they kind of did but then they gave up the goal late but this is what the hurricanes do they just yeah. throw everything at you right but listen it was a scary first 10 minutes the canes controlled the play no question about it but they weathered that storm yep. and sorokin played a big role in that and then you know, out of nowhere, right? You get a nice little board play by Brock Nelson. He gets he gets a beautiful pass off to Engvall, who just happens to be on his own. He, he makes a great little play, nice subtle little play, sneaky little shot, beats Ronta, not 
Not the most skilled shot in the world, not the easy shot. You might even call it a soft goal, but this starts things off for the New York Islanders, and uh, then they're kind of then they kind of settle down after that, and they start to kind of bring the momentum the other way. And it's not such a one sided game. And you, you can look at the shots; it was thirty six twenty two overall for the game, and you can certainly look at moments where the, you know it had everybody's heart beating a little faster if you were supporting the Islanders because of how much pressure they were putting on the Islanders. But I do think that once they got that one nothing lead. They were able to settle down a little bit, and it looked like a different game. I think you saw good performances, as they say you need to get in the playoffs from guys that you won't necessarily expect it from. Right. Engvall, Mayfield, obviously big at the end. Uh, it wasn't just Sorokin, so yeah. Pajot's been good. You know, there's it, it was a team win. The shots on goal with Carolina could be so misleading, but right. um, early and late, they were all over the place, mm. and they are really, really tough to beat. Again, let's also keep in mind that Carolina's missing two, three forwards at this point. Mm. Uh, the Islanders are relatively healthy. And uh, so everything is, I think, I feel like everything's gone away. And now the case for the Islanders for Friday at UBS would be even game three, you would not say they put together a perfect or near complete performance. Correct. They ran away with it at the end. The scores. Oh yeah, leading, that game could have they, gone either way. But up the until power that. play wasn't good. They gave up the shorthanded goal late <laughs> second. Right. It was fairly even through two periods. There certainly wasn't the score. You know, we could argue that. Right. But, but they've yet to put together a great game. They didn't in game five. Played pretty well at times in Carolina, but they've yet to put it all together. And right. I know they're not so great a team that you would expect them to do it often, mm -hmm. but maybe that game is ahead of them. I'd <laughs> like the, to think so. And it, and, well, and it could be Friday. Chris, be I mean, going so. back since the start of the season, how many times have we done a show saying, yeah, the first 10 minutes were a little shaky, yeah. <laughs> and then they had to get it together? For some reason, this team has just notoriously had a, had a rough time out of the gate. It was no different last night. And yeah, maybe maybe the I almost said the Coliseum crowd. Maybe the UBS crowd gets this team going on Friday. Oh, they, they know will. They will. I mean, we know that the crowd's going to show up. Yeah. The question is, are the are the guys on the ice going to be ready to play? It just it is a tough matchup in terms of styles, completely different styles. I I think in some ways, I don't want to say you just accept it, but I think in some ways you are still looking to just hold them off a little bit. They are just a run and gun team. They play the same at home as they do on the road. And so I don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the shots on goal are nine, two at the first uh, media, <laughs> media timeout. And it's not the end of the world. Right. if Those shots aren't high quality chances. I, I think part of that is like almost you have to accept when you're playing the Canes. I've seen it against the Rangers, Devils, everybody else in this division too. Guy Laviolette talked about it on Sunday night. That they, you know, you think you're prepared, and this is what happens. So, you know, the fans are gonna have to kind of persevere <laughs> through that. If that, right. I just, I guess, what I'm saying is, I wouldn't be. It would surprise me if the Islanders took it to the Canes out of the gate and came out out shooting them and took a two zip lead. That just well, isn't what to expect in the series. I think they're going to have to win on Friday like they won Game Three. The funny thing is, the one game that they did come out of the gate firing was the game that they lost. 
you know, they got blown out. It was the game that, you know, they, they ended up, they start five minutes, they come out looking great, they take that interference penalty, takes the wind out of their sails, and we know how the rest of that game goes. They end up getting blown out the rest of the game, five to two. And that was probably the one game they came out firing. But, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the Islanders' almost strategy, so to speak. Certainly not intentional, but you kind of let Sorokin bail them out for the first 10 minutes or so, the team gets settled, and then they kind of start bringing the play the other way. And it, look, if it starts out that way, Fair enough. We're used to it by now. As long as the end result is is the the right one, that's all that really matters. You got the Sorokin performance that we hoped for, yes. that we thought we might get because he always yes. bounced back. He always bounces back well. Another advantage for the Islanders here is that if you're a playoff team and you have even the littlest bit of question about your goaltending, and by the way, it's very common. It's going on now with other teams. But I, like I can't listen. I of course, how can you not respect Antti Ranta? He's been a good goalie primarily a backup for large sections of his career. But it's hard to believe that they're in this series, that they are considered a contender, and it's Ranta that they have gone with. And I get it. I understand why they continued to go with him. They were winning 3-1 in the series uh, before last night. Yeah, you got to stick with him. I know, but man, (laughs) that is, uh, you know, if they lose... Friday, if Carolina yeah. loses Friday, what do they do? Then I, you know, short <laughs> of it being a two-one-one-zero, right. you know, a goalie battle, and Ranta's incredible. Yeah, um, I think they then they are going to wind up going to Anderson. The point I'm making here, Sean, is that the fact that these are even questions, right? Yeah, um, I know there was some, you know, could the Islanders go another route? They they didn't think about that for even two seconds. They this is their guy. Yeah, it just makes it easier. You shrug off the the mm. occasional bad moment if it happens, but he's your right. guy, and that counts for a lot. Carolina has questions hanging over their heads. So. They they absolutely do, and 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 you're right. That was this that was the game we were waiting for out of Ilya Sorokin for sure, and uh, he he definitely shined bright among a, a couple other players. And but before we do break for Ethan Sears, one thing I do want to key on is. That third period from the New York Islanders, that was just signature Barry Trotz clamp it down hockey there. And that might have been that might have been the best we've seen it out of them. You know, if you look back to, through the regular season, you can maybe count on one hand the amount of times they were really able to do that. And for the first half of that period, they gave Carolina next to nothing. They finally break, break through as Sebastian Ajo gets the three to two goal. But they did a magnificent job just keeping the Canes away from danger here, and, and they made it a little easier on Sorokin. I agree that that's probably the best they've looked in this series for a 10-minute, 12-minute yeah, stretch. And my guess is, you know, with the extra day off, uh, you're going to see in, with the Islanders, they'll be, I won't be talking about it, but there'll be a practice. There'll be extra video sessions. And it wouldn't be surprising to think that, you know, Huda, McLean, and, and Lane <laughs> Do are, that again. Are, are, are basically <laughs> saying, here are the things that when we're playing this team, I, I think it's very specific to mm. Carolina, that against this team, this is what this is 10, 12 minutes of us being at our best. You know, let's try to remember the things that we did here. Right? Hey, listen, I get it. A team's always going to be chasing it at the end. Goalie pulled, right. penalties, things like that. Yeah. It was, you know, there was still, you feel, again, I could just sense it sometimes with Butchie. Like, he wasn't pleased. Some of the little things that they didn't do in the final two or three minutes mm-hmm. or so. Um, but overall, I agree with you, and that is a good sign. That's a model for them to say, look, we can do this for a long stretch and this is how it gets done. This is the Islander way. We're, we're, we're back doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And w- the main thing, though, is you got to have a lead to do it, yeah. right? And they put themselves in that position. They got out. They had their, what, their first 
lead after the first period, after 24, 25 playoff games. That's nice to see. But they were able to take a lead into the third, and they were able to play that game. And they really haven't been, you know, prior to that other than the, you know, yeah, no, they haven't been able to do that at all this series because they they got that lead so late in the third period in the, in the other victory in the series. So, I mean, this is the first time we really got to see them, you know, control a lead and really look comfortable defensively in that third period. So it's encouraging to see. So, hey, hint, hint, wink, wink, get that first goal again on Friday night. But, uh, Chris, why don't we take a break for Ethan, and then we'll bring it back. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in here on your favorite podcast providers for this audio-only special edition of Hockey Night in New York. We're going to take that quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Islander fans. You already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand-new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Thanks for giving some time to our sponsors. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the train rolls on here at Hockey Night in New York. And joining us right now from the New York Post is Ethan Sears. Ethan, thanks so much for giving us some time tonight, man. How you been? I'm good. Thanks so much, guys, for having me. You got it. You got it. So, hey, we got a series here. Three to two, going back to UBS Arena on Friday. Islanders pull out the big win in Carolina. So the thing I wanted to start off with you after that win was Lane Lambert played it safe going into the game. He decided to keep the same forward lines. There were people talking about it prior saying, hey, you know, maybe you should mix things up, try to get Bo Horvat going, maybe Matt Barzell going. He sticks with it to start the game, and then he decides to make a swap maybe about midway through where he swaps out Bo Horvat for J.G. Pajot. And do you think, obviously, they get the win, but what did you think about that switch-up? Did it, did it provide the spark that the Islanders need? And do you think that they're going to roll with that going into Friday night? Well, I thought that it was a smart thing to do, especially because they were on the road. And the reason for that is because Carolina, when, when they're at home, they play that Jordan Stahl line and, and use it to match up and, and try to shut down the opponent's best line, right? So... By splitting up Horvat and Barzal, you're putting your two best guys on two different lines, and you're basically forcing Rod Brindamore to pick and choose. And he decided to match up uh, to match up Stahl against Horvat for the rest of the game, and that maybe freed up Barzal a little more. Um, as for whether or not they'll keep it, well, that's obviously not as much of a factor at UBS Arena because Carolina right. doesn't control the matchups. So. You know, when we asked him today, he kind of said, well, uh, you know, he liked what he saw, but didn't want to commit to anything. So, uh, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think that there's the same kind of maybe necessity for it at mm. home. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't know that we saw anything from that top line in the first four games either that makes you think that they, you know, really need to have them together, right? Like neither, neither of those guys were have been going at – at the rate where you maybe want them to. 
For sure. And to just to keep it on lineup decisions here for a second, I think a lot of people, including myself, thought it a little curious, especially after a little trouble for the fourth line late in the game. Lane Lambert put a lot of trust in them, putting them out there late to the hold on to the lead, to defend the lead. You even saw, you know, some turnovers there. Matt Martin had one there. And it was kind of a head scratcher to me as it got later and the bench wasn't shortened. Why do you think Lane Lambert put so much trust into those guys? I mean, obviously, they've been on the team for a while. They've performed very well over the years. But it looks like maybe time has caught up to them a little bit. What keeps Lane Lambert trusting those guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, I, I think it's their veteran guys. They've been in those situations before. Um, I, I think Sezikis was was out there, you know, pretty late on. Not not with the other two, but but just um, uh, you know, with, with a different line in in some of the even later situations. But you know, I, I I agree with you that that was a little surprising. And there were games earlier on this year where we did see him shorten the bench. So I I was kind of surprised right. to see him go away from that. After the win, by the way, you think this is Chris? How are you? Nice to see. You. Nice to talk to you. Uh, after the after the win, thank, thank you. After the win, it seemed uh, business like, more business like than maybe mm-hmm. what I thought I saw after Game Three, where you could understand the jubilation in front of the home crowd and being very amped up. Uh, but that's how it played on TV. How did it look to you being there in the locker room? What was their approach post game? Yeah, I, th- I think you have a good read on it. I mean, this is this is a team that they kind of tries to to project that that business like you know next game we did our job and now we're gonna we're focused on tomorrow mentality pretty much whenever it it can um that that's just you know they're they're a veteran group they've been together for a long time they've been in these situations um and you know they don't want to get too far over their skis but you know i think that kind of comes off to me at least is like they're a little bit a little bit confident that like they they can do this and they've been in these spots before and and you know you look at the five on five numbers from this series like there's probably some some good reason for that for that confidence right like they've probably had the better of this series at five on five it's just it's been the special teams that have killed them as an analytical guy i have to pose this to you we're we're doing this right after uh, another road team has won and road underdog even uh, in florida beating boston in overtime my question for you is can you is there any explanation despite the you know the coaches having the last change despite the energy that we're seeing in just about all these buildings from the home fans uh, any explanation in your mind for why it seems to almost be a road ice advantage, or at least it's even, which gives me no reason to think, you know, like I don't have the honors as favored Friday. I don't necessarily have them as underdogs either, but I think it's going to be every bit as much a challenge as game five was for them. So how do you explain what's going on with this lack of home ice advantage? <laughs> um, I, I mean, your guess is as, as good as mine, Chris. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting though, especially because, you know, with, with Carolina, their kind of recent history is, is so tilted towards home ice advantage that, you know, coming into the series, it, it really felt like if the Islanders were able to to win a game there, that would that could that could throw things in their direction. And, you know, they do that and now they and now they come back here and it's well, they they lost the last one on Long Island. So, you know, who knows? But um but it's interesting and I, I do think match matchup wise, maybe the Islanders are are maybe a little bit better equipped to to deal with, with some of what Carolina presents than than some other teams they've played in the playoffs before because you know they their lineup is relatively even you know they're 
best series or their best line in this series has probably been that Nelson line that hasn't seen any of, of Jordan Stahl and the, and their line uh, when they've been in Carolina. So, you know, maybe that's part of it, but it, it's hard to say. For sure, Ethan. And you mentioned the special teams being a killer for the Isles in this series, and that's obviously been the case. I mean, but one of hockey's most unsolved mysteries is the New York Islanders power play. And you look at it this series, it obviously hasn't helped them at all, aside from that huge game winner. But outside of that, a huge Achilles heel. I mean, what are you seeing out there? What is making it so unsuccessful? I mean, because they have a couple of good power plays out there where they get some chances, but sometimes the puck ends up in the goalie's chest and his logo. It's just not dropping for them. And then you see the absolute disaster out there where they can't even get, gain a zone entry. They're giving up shorthanded goals. What is going on with this power play, the New York Islanders? Yeah, I mean... First and foremost, I think probably understandably, I don't think that they're that confident out there, which, mm. which makes sense because that that top unit hasn't scored a goal in in a, in a long time. Like you know, even even the, the goal in Game Three was the second unit. Uh, the goal against Montreal, I think part of the first unit was out there, but not all five guys. Like it's it's been a while, and we've seen this kind of throughout the season where it struggled and you know, once the zone gets cleared once, it's just getting it back in is, is so hard for them. Um, so, you know, that, that's first and foremost. And I mean, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, Lane, Lane has sounded pretty reticent to, to make personnel changes mm -hmm. there, but you know, you would have to imagine that, that he's considering it. Right. Because it's, you know, it's a, it's a momentum killer for that. <laughs> it can't get any worse. Four, Throw I mean, it in a blender. See what happens. And he has an extra day to think about it now, too, and watch more right. tape and practice Thursday. It's, in, it's an interesting thing, right? right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, the great the great irony of last night, right, is is they they get on a power play and then Dobson takes a penalty. And, <laughs> you know, you, you kind of wonder a little bit you know, is this, maybe this could help them a little bit. And then they go down and, and score <laughs> four on four. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like a mental thing for them at this point. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely curious as to whether we'll maybe see some changes there. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you name the next guy that I actually wanted to talk about was Noah Dobson. Now, if you look at some of the advanced numbers, it looks like he's, he's doing all right, but he has been sheltered a little bit minutes wise. And I think for good reason, and, and maybe it comes down to what you kind of noted on with the power play, but Noah Dobson's been noticeably struggling in this series, and not just, you know, offensively, but also on the defensive side of the puck where he turnovers, he, he takes maybe what you might consider that ticky-tack penalty to make it four-on-four, four, but I think overall there's there's just been a lot of moments where he's been noticeable for the wrong reasons, and do you think that just boils down to a little sophomore situation for him where he has the big year coming in and maybe he's in his head a little bit and it's a lack of confidence? What are you seeing out of Noah Dobson? Yeah, I, I think that's that's a decent theory. I, I think, you know, especially on the defensive side of the puck, you know, that's something that we've seen for, for a lot of the year where they've they've tried to maybe shelter him and keep him out of those situations. He played a, a lot of the season on, the, on that third pair with Ajo. Um, you know, it, it feels like defensively maybe he's not quite where he wants to be which which is fine i mean look he's 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 a young kid like the development curve is still in the right direction he's still very talented and certainly i wouldn't be anywhere near hitting the panic button on that mm -hmm. as a bigger picture situation but yeah i mean you know in, in these playoffs he 
you know, maybe again, def- defensively has, has not quite been where you, where you want him to be. Take us a little bit in. I, I did this with you last time too. I'm always going to be interested in, in the beat. Uh, take us into inside your job here on Thursday and Friday morning. Uh, what it looks like when practices, do you go in there tomorrow looking for, you know, with a particular idea for a story and also are the teams, will the team skate Friday morning and do that 10 30, 11 30 drill in the post game, or is it a little bit different now? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we only get the schedule for the next day. Gotcha. Um, you know, that, that's how they do it. Sure. Um, I assume as a, as a Lou thing, uh, more so than a, than a longer standing thing, <laughs> sure. but, uh, <laughs> But, um, but so they are, they're practicing tomorrow, which I could, I could see that being in place of a skate on, on Friday, but we, we won't know until, until we're told. Um, and you know, as for tomorrow, I, you know, probably will come in with, uh, with a few thoughts, um, because it's a practice, the room will open, which is, which is helpful for us as opposed to, you know, the days when they haven't practiced in this series, they've just kind of brought a couple guys to, to the podium and mm-hmm. uh, you know, you kind of have to make do. Um, but, you know, obviously when the, when the room is open, you can usually talk to who you want and, you know, maybe have more of a, more of a free flowing conversation than just a, a straight up back and forth. So, you know, I'll, I'll come in with, with a few thoughts. I, I, I need to come out of it with, with two stories. And if I, if I think that they're not going to skate the next morning, I probably need to come out with a little bit more than that because I need to have early stories for Friday. So um, <laughs> need to kind of be, be efficient in there as to, uh, as to how I use my time. But, um, but yeah, um, you know, uh, depending on just the timing of who's in there when, and, you know, who maybe has a crowd around them versus who, doesn't you know if you can get somebody you know one-on-one or you know maybe with only one or two other people there versus there's a whole scrum of people around them that that's always what you would prefer um so uh yeah it's a it's a little bit try to then you get in there and a lot of times that that plan gets knocked off course Mm -hmm. um but, it's a pretty, I would imagine yeah, it's probably a good room to work, right? I mean, I just think about Parisi, Lee, oh, yeah. Palmieri. These yeah. are pretty mature. Matt yeah. Martin, Casey, these are articulate, yeah. mature guys. They seem like they're pretty, fairly easy to uh, to talk with. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a it's a, it's a a great group in the room. You know, they're, I, I think that the, the fact that so many of them are veterans, I think helps a lot. You know, they you know, respect us and understand the job. I, we really haven't had, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I can't think of a time this year where I've, you know, asked for somebody and not gotten them or, you know, there's, I can't, I can't really think of a time where there's been any issues with anyone, you know, they everybody gets along well, um, you know, maybe some guys hang around more than others, but that's fine. That happens in a, you know, on a roster of 23 people. And again, you know, if there's someone who, uh, who maybe isn't in the room as much and, and I ask to talk to them, they will go be there. So I, I, I can't complain about that. Great. 
Great stuff, Ethan. And uh, just to talk about some bright spots for the Islanders, you'd almost think with the questions that I've been asking that the Islanders lost the last game, right? <laughs> so, but to spin sure. it to the positive side, Matt Barzell ends up scoring a huge goal. It ends up being the game winner. He has that two-on-one with Horvat. He uses him as a decoy, and he elects to shoot, which we all know doesn't always happen with Matt Barzell. It's another great shot. Is he back? Is he finally caught up with his game, or do you think that he's still trying to find the pace? And, and after you speak on him, maybe you can just touch on Romanov getting back too and how he's looked so far as well. Yeah, I, I think as for Barzell, um, you know, I think he is – maybe there's a little bit on the margin that he's still – trying to find um but i've been you know reasonably impressed with what i've seen from him in, the, in this series given that you know he was out for what was it two months and then kind of had to jump right back into the playoffs yeah. after a few days of practice you know to to score a few goals to uh to make, to make some plays you would probably like to see him do a little more on the power play but like you know that goes for the guys who have been healthy too um so uh you know, I I feel like with him, he's he's probably about where you would want him to be. Um, Romanov, I think game four uh, was not his best, and and you know I talked to him in the room before game game five, and he was, you know, kind of saying, you know, he you know he had a couple bad plays, he didn't like how he played, um, but. But again, you know, when when you miss that kind of time and you come right back into the playoff series, I I think it's it's easy from the outside to assume, you know, okay, these guys are going to come back and completely be themselves. I you know I think Romanov skated with the team. I, I believe it was once before uh, before Game Three. Like, yeah, that that's probably going to take a few a few games of, sure. of acclimating to to come back and and be the same guy that he was, you know, in late March when he, when he kind of was hitting a stride and playing really well. No doubt about it, Ethan. And the last one I'll leave you with huge game coming up Friday night at UBS arena. The crowd's going to be out of control. If there was an X factor for this game on Friday night, what would it be? Well, I guess the low hanging fruit is, is the power play, right? <laughs> um, the, 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 the power play and, and just, staying out of the box because those are the yeah. areas where the islanders have have lost this series i mean like, you know at five on five they've they've outscored carolina probably you know outside of probably game four when things started to spiral i would you know i i felt like they've if not had the better of carolina in every game at five on five it's they certainly played them pretty tight at five on five and in, in every game again except for uh except for game four so so you know the more the more time that that they spend at even strength the more confident i i would feel about their chances of, of winning and if they get a power play goal then you would feel very very good about the chances of winning <laughs> No, no doubt about it. I think that's the key right there. Stay out of the box, win the five-on-five five game, and maybe we're just talking about a game seven on Sunday. But, Ethan, really appreciate your time tonight, man, especially coming in on short notice. So uh, awesome stuff, and uh, enjoy the game and hopefully games this weekend, and I uh, hope to talk to you again soon. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Ethan. You got it, Ethan. Take care. All right, folks, that was Ethan Sears from the New York Post. Great stuff from him. And uh, Chris Botter now is going to tell us a little about Main Street Board Game Cafe. Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and for open play. Food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. 
Looking for meetups to join? Their Magic the Gathering Dungeons and Dragons or Game Night Live communities are welcoming for all. They also do parties and corporate events located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Go to MainSTBoardGameCafe.com for more information. Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd. Unplug your game. Find your crowd, unplug your game. Love love the tagline. I love it. But uh, great stuff going on over there at Main Street Board Game Cafe. And folks, hope you're having a good time here listening to Hockey Night New York. This midweek special <laughs> after, game, after game five, going into game six, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more Isles Canes, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. We'll be right back. Miss the days of mixtapes and arcades? Love the taste of a bold IPA or maybe an ice-cold lager? There's a place where all of those magical things come together. Lost Farmer Brewing Company. At 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. Beer not your thing? Crack open a can of cider or sip a Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu, you can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And for all of Long Island's hockey fans, Lost Farmer created the delicious Stable Shaker American Lager to celebrate the newly built UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Whether you're at the stable for a hockey game, concert, or a comedy show, you can find Stable Shaker by can and draft around the arena. So raise a cup to the next cup with Lost Farmer Brewery, the future of Long Island craft beer. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Hockey Night in New York on your favorite podcast providers. And you might know by now, when you hear this song, it is time for the Hero of the Week. But tonight is the Hero of the Night, Game 5. Going to go right into it, brought to you by Blue Line Deli and Bagels. You can still get half off the Hockey Night in New York all week that we talked about on Sunday. So, Mr. Chris Botta, who is your hero of the night? My hero is Scott Mayfield. I understand maybe his game was not perfect, but he came up large, no pun intended, when they really needed him to. Uh, just an incredible job. In fact, I saw some of a Boston game today, and somebody was trying to freeze the puck, and they actually blew the whistle for a while. Yeah. Uh, but he had that going for a long time, and then, and then it led to uh, a penalty. And I thought it changed the game. It, it, it was a difference in them holding on. So it's a brilliant play. Uh, maybe the Islanders should send Scott Mayfield out on their own power play and he could just freeze the puck <laughs> like that, that for a little bit. Uh, but Scott Mayfield is the guy. He's been a good Islander now for a long time. And we'll see if it goes beyond this year. But he'll be remembered if they win this series. Mm. He will be remembered for that at play. No, no, that's a great call. That was a uh, masterful work up against the boards. Because, yeah, I, th- I think we were all sitting there just waiting for the ref to blow the whistle. But he kept it live as much as you can mm. by also keeping it away from the Canes, right? And it, and it munched away a lot of those seconds. And that ended up being a, a critical part of this game. So good on you on the Scott Mayfield pick. I am going with Pierre Engvall. He gets that huge one nothing goal to give them the lead so they can settle down a little bit and maybe kind of swing the momentum their way, as I said earlier in the show. And then, hey, you know, look, you don't like to see guys get hurt and guys get injured. He, t- he takes the shot that goes off of Sebastian Ajo's face of the Carolina Hurricanes. 
And in one fell swoop, it drops before it even hits the ice. Brock Nelson takes a swing. It goes in the net, and that gives the Islanders a, a big 2 nothing lead and uh, a huge part of why this team won that game. But but aside from the points that Engvall put up on the board, I mean, he was noticeable all night. He had a great game. That was certainly his best game in the series. You might even argue that was his best game in an Islander uniform. Was he it? was Best and biggest, yeah. Yeah, he was outstanding. And it's interesting because, you know, I talked to, I got a good buddy of mine who's a big Leaf guy. He's from Toronto. And, you know, I said, hey, what are we getting in this guy? And he says, listen, he's got skill, he's got speed, but he's soft. He's paper thin. And I got to tell you, in this series, he stepped up. Look, he's not he's not taking anybody out, but he's getting in the mix. He's fending guys off. He's using that big frame of his, and he's making some big plays, and he looks very confident with the puck. So great game from him, and hopefully we see some more out of him. I also think it's a great sign that his best game was on the road in a hostile environment yeah. with everything going against him. So that's a, that's a good sign. I know we got a couple of comments on Twitter for the show. I could run by, one by you if you yeah, got Yeah, let's do it. It's time for Questions Brewing, brought to you by Lost Farmer Brewing Company. Our guy, Brian G., said, you know, you can't have another, I'm going to act this out, you can't have another 22-shot <laughs> game and expect to defend and win. They need to shoot from any angle, since Aranta has had a habit of letting in soft goals in this series. What is your take? What's your take, Sean? Brian, I think you're right. I think that they got to put more shots on him. Carolina makes it look easy, right? I mean, it seems like anytime Brent Burns has the puck and a stick from the point, it's sailing towards the net, and that's what they've been doing. And it'd be nice to see the Islanders do that a little bit. The, the one thing is, is Carolina's made it difficult for them to do it. I mean, they've been hounding the Islanders all series. They've made it very tough, especially in the early going in the, in the series. It looked like anytime. They had a split second to make a play, whether it was a shot, a pass, or just trying to get the puck deep. Carolina was getting sticks on pucks. Islanders have done a better job getting away from that, and if they can continue to do that and look more like the relaxed team in the second half of the game last night, then, yeah, shoot some more pucks to the net because Ronta has proven to give up that soft goal here, too, and he's he's beatable. I agree, Sean, as I said earlier in the show, that you know I don't expect there to all of a sudden be this change in approach from both teams or even in talent levels and, and momentum and everything else. I think the way the Islanders win on Friday and perhaps in Game 7 is going to be similar to how they do. Like if they're out shooting Carolina 10-2, I hope I'm wrong. If they're out shooting Carolina 10-2 early on, that's a hell of a sign. I just don't see that all of a sudden changing. And then the other question was from Mark Beck, and this is kind of like right up my alley, but he shared <laughs> what it looks like an Instagram post, and the Hurricanes have already announced that round two tickets are on sale. They got a graphic yeah. that come by. Yeah. And I will, you know, I will notice the Islanders have been very close to the vest about yes. making things, even playoff tickets going on sale until... Right. Uh, so what what Mark is asking here is, will Lou get every player a copy of this <laughs> in their locker before Friday? John? I mean, I guess you can use this bulletin board material, but listen, as a as a fan of the New York Islands, I recall years ago where, you, you know, the Isles used to sell sheets of tickets before it even got started yeah. beyond the first round. So I don't know how much the Islanders, the players themselves, are going to look at that. If that's... If that's a way for them to get motivated, sure, put it up on the board. You know, let it let it get you going. But um, you know, it is a it is a little cheeky. I mean, hopefully, it's something that comes back to bite them a little bit. Yeah, it is different than like when we put together strips of tickets because season ticket holes. I think they were sold like two rounds at a time. Yeah, like, yeah. But this is an actual like I get the sense it's like a general sale, right? Like you yeah. Know, so they, you know, the season ticket holders might have theirs round two, but if you mm -hmm. want to buy them, we're putting these games on. Yeah. So you know, I don't think he needs to go to the Length of putting everyone one in every <laughs> right. stall, 
But right. if you're uh, if you're laying at some point, you might want to hold it up or tape it up for a couple of minutes and be like, you know, these guys are getting ahead of themselves. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But uh, thanks for the questions there on Twitter, Brian and Mark. Really appreciate it. That'll do it for questions, bro. And so, Chris, before we wrap up, I'm going to throw the same question at you that I did at Ethan. You got an X Factor for this game on Friday for the Islanders to bring it to Raleigh for Game 7 on Sunday. Well, that was a heck of a question uh, in terms of, you know, you said the power play. An X Factor. Wow. What do you got? What do you got? The pressure's on. I, I, I think what I would say is that it's it, believe it or not, it could be the fourth line. It's wow. the ability to roll. I know uh, they've had their moments, but also let us not forget that Lane threw Matt Martin out on the ice with Palmieri after the Islanders took the lead mm, in game right, and it worked out three, <laughs> and Matt Martin scored. Um, I just feel like if the Islanders are going to win this home game, it's going to be like this group of Islanders doing it this way, right? And it'll involve Clutterbuck and Zizekas and Martin in some ways. So. The X factor is not just, I'm not saying those guys are going to score a big goal or anything like that, but I'm saying is the, their ability to roll, to hit, to wear down the Hurricanes who are getting a little thinner. There's some talk the jury might be able to play uh, for them on Friday. Uh, but I'm going yeah, to go with the fourth line. Okay, I and like you. It. So I'm going to give a little uh, honorable mention to Hudson Fashing. Just I just think he deserves a little love after the game last night. Best game of the series. He The most noticeable, just like Engvall, he's been all series. Maybe he wasn't on the score sheet, but uh, he was winning a lot of puck battles. He was creating a lot of havoc for the Carolina Hurricanes. So I just want to give him a hat tip. But my my X factor is going to come down to probably uh, the 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 most obvious guy, and that's Ilya Sorokin. He gave us that game last night where uh, he definitely gave the Islanders a, a great chance to win the game. And if we can see... The same Ilya Sorokin that we saw in Game 5, I think the Islanders got a great, great chance to win Game 6. He was controlling his rebounds. He was gobbling up pucks. He wasn't, you know, flopping all around. Not to say that that's something he he has a habit of doing, but he just looked very in control. He, you know, was owning the puck. He just looked comfortable, and he just a calming presence for all of us out there. And if we can see that again on Friday, I think uh, the Islanders can really take that one. Despite having some surprisingly, you know, moments where he came up a little small in this series. I guess it says yeah. everything about what I think about him that I that I'm not thinking of as an X factor, but I'm counting on him. You know, I I was hopeful for Game Five and said it on the show that he could be the difference, and and that played out well. Now I'm just expecting him to be the better goalie by far and to keep his team in the game. Yeah, and 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 I'll go with Ethan too. Stay out of the box. I mean, you, you listen. I mean, they they won the they won the special teams battle in the sense that there were no goals for anybody <laughs> in Game Five, right? They kept the Canes off the score sheet in the power play, and they and it didn't matter that the Islanders didn't score on the power play, right? They won the five on five game. So if they can keep it similar to that, it's another big reason why the Islanders might win. But the great news is we got a Game Six at UBS. Oh yeah, and if you know, listen for Carolina, you just the thing that could be galling is because it would be very much playoffs would, would be that one of the more unknown guys on Carolina sure. has has the big play which you know, we've seen some signs of that already in this series listen I thought that they would win in Carolina I am less optimistic about this one but we're all we're all hedge it and this will be my final thought for the show before you send it off and I want your take if you want to share it sure is that I'm not I wouldn't put money down on it <laughs> but still, if I if I'm asked to go one way or the other, and this isn't just a fan of me, I mean, as as analytical as I can be, I will say the Islanders do just enough to send us back to a game seven. 
I'm feeling good about it too, Chris. Okay. And and I know we didn't say much for momentum coming off a win in this series. Well, it's not momentum; it's its own game. Sure, in my, by right? my words, it's it's its own game, and I think they'll do just enough. And again, goes back to the goaltender in a lot of ways. I think the Islanders are going to pull it out on Friday, and uh, Sunday is just going to be bananas. But look, this series has been tight; it's been tense. I don't think I've had the nerves. I don't think in any series over those two semifinal runs at the Islanders that I've had the nerves that I've had in this series just because of how tight these games have been. It just seems like every play has just been monumental in one way or another where anytime a puck, you know, comes off an Islander stick and goes the other way, you're just waiting for the goal to end up in the net. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe you guys can let us know on Twitter, but my heart has been pounding a little harder during this series than it has in past series. And, uh, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, I think they take game six and then anything can happen in game seven. I'll be even more specific. I think I'm going to predict that they win by a goal or two, that second one being an empty net goal. Wow. And, but they will be, and not that it matters, but they will be outshot 42 to 28. <laughs> All right. Fair That's enough. Right. Love to hear that. And uh, look, I'll take it any way they can get it. They can get outshot 50 to 15 as long as they score more goals than the I other was guys. Being nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were. But, folks, want to thank you for all for joining us here on this uh, midweek edition of Hockey Night New York, covering Game 5, looking at Game 6. A huge thanks to Ethan Sears of the New York Post for joining us. Great stuff from him. And, of course, a big thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors, starting with Blue Line Deli and Bagels, flagship location at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Check them out at bluelinedeli.com. Also, a big thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. Check them out at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And a big thanks to Main Street Board Game Cafe. Cafe located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Check them out at mainstboardgamecafe.com. You can find Chris Botta on the Twitter at Chris Botta NHL. You can follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. You can follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And once again, folks, if you like what we're doing here, please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tell your friends, spread the word, and stay tuned. We'll let you know when the next show is coming. Been great stuff here for Chris Botta. I'm Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night in New York. Have a great rest of your week and enjoy Game 6.